Hi there, I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 200. Yes, I finally, after many, many years, reached the episode uh, 200. Yes, a significant milestone. Oh, so many times over the past few years, I have given up on podcasting and I thought that I'd never make it to 200, but here I am. And maybe uh, that's significant, isn't it? I have fallen for many different reasons over the years and picked myself up and returned to podcasting. And that's what life is about so many times, isn't it? Things don't go perfectly. They run smoothly for a time, and then we hit an obstacle or a challenge or something. And yes, we fall or we go off course or we doubt or whatever it is. And sometimes we come back and sometimes we don't. Well, I'm here back with episode 200. And today I'm going to be talking about unconditional love. And I'm really pleased about that because uh, since I started blogging, I think 2011, that might have been, I think I've been blogging since 2010, but I used to put my family stories on a different blog. And then one day a friend stopped by and said I should, after I had written a homeschooling post, that I should write more of them. And I decided to go and create a separate blog just for unschooling. And that was really a significant moment because, yes, we had been undercover unschoolers for a long time. And I think this is one way of coping with criticism or maybe possible criticism, because we've never been criticized for our choices. But I guess that didn't stop me wondering, would somebody criticize the way we were living our lives? But also, if we were doing something different from all our friends and family, wouldn't they get the message that we don't think that what they're doing is good enough. We have chosen something else. And that did worry me because I didn't want to alienate anybody. I, yeah, it was okay to be thought of as strange, but I didn't want to lose all our friends. Um, we, as we could respect each other, make different choices. So deciding to create a blog with the title Stories of an Unschooling Family was really going out there into the world and uh, taking a risk, I suppose. And from that day forward, anybody could find out exactly what we were doing uh, as far as uh, educating and bringing up our kids go. So yeah, the way we were living our lives, coming out in the open, I guess. And um, I've lost track of what I was talking about, which isn't very unusual, is it? But yes, I think I started with unconditional love. And I started off when I first started blogging 
are just talking about the day-to-day things, what we were doing. My youngest child was about six or seven at the time. So really, I've got all of our unschooling journey, or well, at least one child's complete unschooling story on my blog. And then I've got my other kids feature heavily as well, but they didn't. They sort of joined the story later on at different ages. And yes, it was mostly about how children learn, my observations. That's what I began with. But as time went past, I started writing more and more about unconditional love. And I have come to the conclusion that unconditional love is at the heart of unschooling. So yes, I'm very pleased that somehow I have a post to share with you for my 200th episode all about unconditional love. So I hope you're going to enjoy this one. A bit of a difficult topic in some ways because the title of the blog post that this episode is based around is called Preventing Childhood Trauma with unconditional love. And it's not um, very comfortable to think of childhood trauma, is it, is it? And I was watching a video the other day. It was one by um, Gabor Mate. And he was actually talking about, well, I, the reason I started watching, he was talking about Prince Harry and his traumatic childhood. And I have read some of Gabor Mate's work before, watched some of his videos, and he often talks about how we take our childhood traumas with us into adulthood. And yes, there inside each of us is that little child that maybe we weren't allowed to be in many ways. And we have to maybe deal with trauma from the past if we're going to move forward as happy adults. So this is the post that I wrote. And I've got a couple of stories to share and something new to introduce those stories. So I'm going to get right into it. And no doubt I'll have some comments to make along the way. So, preventing childhood trauma with unconditional love. Childhood trauma can follow us into adulthood, affecting what we do, how we feel about ourselves, and how we relate to others. We can trace many of our adult problems back to something that happened as we were growing up. If we understand this, we'll protect our kids the best we can from anything that might affect them adversely. But what about the trauma that's disguised as good parenting? Can we unintentionally harm our kids while trying to do what we think is right? Perhaps we don't think there's anything wrong with the words that can fall so easily from our lips We could assume it's normal for parents to say such things as, pull yourself together, stop crying, you're too sensitive. 
Don't make a fuss over nothing. How could you have done that? When are you going to grow up? I don't know what I'm going to do with you. What will people think? What a stupid thing to do. Cheer up, it's not the end of the world. What have you got to complain about? What did you do to your hair? What are you wearing? Are you putting on weight? Stop wasting your time and go do something useful. You've got two left feet. Of course, our words reflect what we're thinking and the message our kids could receive from us is you're not good enough as you are. Of course, we could be very aware of the message we're passing on. We might even even think it's one our kids need to hear. Could it be our parental duty to correct what we perceive as faults and change our children into the people we believe they should be? Maybe our intentions are good. We think we know best because we're older and have more experience. We're just trying to help. But do we help our kids by doing this? No. All we're doing is squashing the unique and wonderfully awesome people they really are, making our kids unhappy and creating problems for the future. Kids need to feel loved, so they'll likely adapt their behaviour, hiding who they really are to please their parents or avoid the negative consequences of not being the people their parents insist they be. I wonder how many adults carry their real selves inside them, hidden deep within. Our kids need to be accepted and feel loved for who they are. So what do we do? Oh, there is so much I could say. Here are a few thoughts. You could stop by and add your own. When children are small, we should forget about such techniques as time out and controlled crying that are meant to change their behaviour and instead respond to their needs. We must value what's important to our children, encourage their dreams instead of making them fulfil ours, listen to their opinions rather than impose ours on them. Accept how they feel instead of brushing their feelings away. Take delight in our kids, looking at them with wonder and awe. Be grateful that we're their parents instead of complaining they're spoiling our lives. Be patient, forgive their mistakes, show empathy rather than disappointment, connect rather than drive away. Trust our children. They will get where God means them to go. In other words, we should love our kids unconditionally. If we do this, they won't question whether they're good enough or not. They'll know they're okay. They can be themselves, confident, secure, aware they're valuable and their lives have purpose. And if you're worried that's not enough, I know that love 
will spur them on to correct any faults. My kids' unconditional love is working on me. Parenting with unconditional love might sound daunting. What if we make mistakes? Because however hard we try, we're never going to be perfect parents, are we? We'll have bad days and say and do the wrong things. We'll make mistakes. But that's okay. I've discovered that unconditionally loved kids love us unconditionally in return. Together we forgive and encourage each other to become the people we were created to be. Yes, I think that it's really sad that things we believe are the right things to do, things that we feel compelled to do so that we raise up our kids well, those are often the things that hurt our children and we don't realize. Like we might say, hey, this topic isn't for me. Preventing childhood trauma. My kids, they're safe, they're secure, I love them. I'm not abusing them. Yes, uh, there's nothing obvious that I'm doing wrong. And maybe there isn't anything wrong. But I think sometimes we cause damage. We're just the little things. All over the internet, there are parents saying, we have to be tough with our kids. Tough love. I really hate that term. We've got to teach our kids by withdrawing our love. And even some of the parenting experts say the same thing. I've got an example in a story later in this podcast by an expert who does say there are times when we shouldn't love our kids unconditionally. And I guess the other sad thing is small ways, just our words, our attitudes towards our kids. Uh, We do harm our children unintentionally. And I'm not saying that I don't do this. How do you think I got that list of statements at the beginning of this podcast? I just remembered things that used to fall off my lips so easily. It wasn't hard to compose that list. These days I try and be very aware of what I'm saying. But... Yes, I do know from experience uh, how easy it is to say the wrong things, the things that do damage our children, the things that prevent them from being the wonderful people that they are. They hide themselves away. Kids want to please us. And eventually, I guess, when they realize they can, they will never please us, uh, they give up. Um, they just do go into hiding. This problem, it's so easy to solve, isn't it? It doesn't, uh, it doesn't take much to stop and think, yes, this is what I'm doing, or I, I could do a little bit better, and that's where I was, and st- still, still are on days. I'm not saying I'm perfect. We all have to be very careful, don't we? But little things, that's the point, isn't it? Little things make such a big difference. So I guess that we could examine our own childhoods to see how we were affected and examine what we're doing with our own children and 
see where we could change things. I always hate saying to people, we've got to love our kids unconditionally. I'm always mindful of the effect those words might have on parents. A parent could come back to me and say, hey, are you accusing me of not loving my kids enough? And of course, I'm not doing that. Yes, it's a very tricky topic to talk about, but I guess we're all imperfect, aren't we? We can all encourage and support each other as we discuss topics like this one and maybe make a few changes. Yes, uncomfortable feelings. I have written about that topic before. Examining um, certain ideas can be very uncomfortable. Yes, we don't want to think that we've made any made any mistakes with our children. That hurts so much. But it's never too late to improve things with our own families. Now, a podcast or two ago, I was talking about how I love chatting to my kids and asking them what they think about various ideas. And their responses are always very insightful And I've learned a lot by listening to my children. And that's what I did in the next story. It's actually a podcast that I'm going to give you an introduction to. It's actually podcast episode 70, Trust, Respect and Love Unconditionally. I'm sure you've heard me say those words many, many times before. And... I introduced this segment of my blog post with these words. I once had an insightful conversation with my daughter Sophie about unconditional love and children that I recorded as a podcast. In episode 70, we explored the following questions. Should every parent respect and love their children unconditionally? Do all children feel loved unconditionally? If not, why not? How does Sophie know I love her? Do all parents talk to their children with respect? If not, what does Sophie think they're doing wrong? Why do parents criticize their children and what does criticism do to them? Does it result in a child trying harder? How can a parent encourage a child to overcome her faults? Is it really necessary to change our children? Do all children have to be the same? What do misbehaving children need? Do we gossip about our children? Is writing down our thoughts and feelings valuable? What is trust? How can trust grow between parent and child? Do we judge people on their appearance, including children? Am I a perfect mother? Have I got everything worked out? Or is it okay if I make mistakes? Yes, there's a lot of questions there, isn't there? I haven't listened to that episode for a long time, but I do remember what a wonderful conversation I did have with my daughter. 
Yes, Sophie had so many great things to say. So if you haven't listened to that episode, or if you would like to listen to it again, it is episode 70, Trust, Respect and Love Unconditionally. Now, I transcribed part of that episode and I published it on my blog. And there's a link, there will be a link in the show notes to that blog post if you would like to read that transcript. It's a little difficult to uh, read out because we took turns saying things, Sue. When you listen to other families talking to each other, what do you hear? And then Sophie makes her response. But what I'm going to do, instead of reading out that transcript, which you can read for yourself if you're interested, is uh, read a story that I wrote for my book, The Unschooled Challenge, that's based on that episode, episode 70. So I'm going to read that next. The challenge is number 61, examine your words. A few years ago, I had an interesting discussion with my daughter, Sophie, after we'd been to a picnic with a few other families. Sophie had listened as a mother told everyone in earshot how lazy her daughter was. Her daughter was close by and heard the critical words. Sophie was horrified that parents not only criticise their kids, but that they do it in public. How would we feel if we overheard someone finding fault with us? What if they criticised us to our face? Sophie observed two friends enjoying lunch together in, in a cafe where she worked. The women were halfway through eating their egg and bacon rolls when another woman approached their table and said, you shouldn't eat that food, you're fat. She then pointed out that she had no problems with her weight. She was slim because she was careful about what she ate. The critical woman thought the two friends should follow her example. Everyone in the cafe could hear the unkind words directed at the women. Their lunch together was spoiled. Sophie cleared away their unfinished meals. How must the friends have felt? This incident makes me feel very sad. It's just not acceptable for an adult to criticise another adult, especially in such a direct, unkind and public way, is it? But what about children? We often hear parents pointing out their faults. You're too shy lazy, clumsy, thoughtless, noisy, stubborn, unkind, selfish. You should watch what you eat and exercise more. When will you ever learn to? They talk about their kids to other people, their kids here. How do criticised children feel? Do they feel hurt? They know that they aren't loved and accepted just as they are. Could they be ashamed of who they are? Perhaps they feel like they're not good enough. 
That could be the whole point of criticism. If we make others feel bad about themselves, they might do something about their faults. But will they? Putting kids down makes them feel terrible, said Sophie. It doesn't spur them on to do better. They just give up trying. So what do kids need? They need to be accepted as they are. But what if they really do have faults? Surely we can't ignore our children's flaws. We can if we love. All the things we worry about might melt away under the influence of unconditional love. Sometimes parents complain about things that aren't faults at all, said Sophie. These could be the things that make our children unique and special. It's a pity parents don't see that. And then after that story in my book, The Unschooled Challenge, I have set out a challenge that hopefully will help all of us examine our words and see how we can treat our children with more trust, respect, and unconditional love. And if you're interested in my book, you can find it on Amazon. Yes, that story about the women in the cafe. Yes, I found that a bit hard to believe when I first heard it. Of course, it is true. I believe my daughter. But uh, to think that an adult would criticize another adult in public like that. Obviously, she thought that she was being helpful. Look, here's my secret for having a nice slim figure. Just do what I do. Eat better food. Ignore those egg and bacon rolls. That's why you're fat. But it doesn't come over as helpful, does it? It comes over as very critical and hurtful. And I suppose that um, all of us would be aghast at that story. We would all say, that's unacceptable. But how many of us pass over similar stories of parents criticizing children? What usually happens as far as my experience is that one parent will criticize a child, and then maybe a second parent will come into the conversation and add criticism of his or her own child. Oh, yes, I understand. My daughter is lazy as well. And parents talk rather loudly. And kids overhear and are devastated. I really think that kids need their parents to stand up for them. Uh, They have to know that we're on their side, that we don't criticize them. Uh, If we have any doubts or any worries about our kids, and we do need to talk about those worries, maybe it is acceptable for us to talk to one person that we really trust. And yes, it does happen help to air our concerns, doesn't it, to verbalize things rather than keep them to ourselves. And if we choose the right person, that person will show us some empathy and maybe um, by 
careful questioning guide us to, I don't know, guide us to a solution if there really is a problem or will reassure us if it's just a case that we're worrying about nothing. So these are topics that keep coming up when I'm talking about or writing about unschooling. Yes, probably very fundamental, but so many uh, illustrations, so many examples, real life examples of cases where kids need unconditional love, for example, or we're not giving unconditional love. It is certainly a topic that I am passionate about and Yes, we need to talk about, don't we? So maybe we all see the value of unconditional love. We know what's right. But there are still times when we might have doubts, when we might question what we're doing with our kids. And I can understand that because sometimes it happens to me. And even even though all my kids are now grown up, I can't go back and bring them up again. And I don't want to. Their upbringings weren't perfect, but yeah, we did okay together. I have good relationships with my kids and yes, I wouldn't do anything different because the way that my husband and I parented our kids, I feel is right, as in Right, um, right as opposed to wrong. I'm going to record a podcast about that, I think, about why unconditional love is right and then how it spills over into unschooling, why we feel that unschooling is the right way to live. Not right because it's a good choice, but for us, we all try to do what is right. And for us, that was unschooling. But saying all of that, I got up one morning, maybe I was a bit tired. I probably read something online about unconditional love and I started to think, oh, what if I've got it all wrong? I've been writing about unconditional love and unschooling for a very long time. What if people are listening and reading and then they're going out there and following my ideas and I've got it all wrong? Oh my, that's a big responsibility. So I stopped and thought about it, and this is what I wrote afterwards. And um, this blog post is called Questioning the Wisdom of Unconditional Love. Do you ever have doubts about your parenting? Do you ever wonder if your ideas are wrong? The other day, I wrote something about unconditional love. And later, rereading my words, I began to doubt what I'd said. While sharing my thoughts in blog posts and Instagram captions, perhaps I'm passing on false ideas and leading people astray. Here's what I wrote. We often talk about accepting our kids just as they are. But can we really do that? Surely we can't accept our kids' faults. Our children need to change and become better people. Could it be wrong to say they're okay exactly as they are? If we decide we shouldn't accept our kids where they are right now, when will we accept them? When is the right time? When they have overcome one fault? 
two, three, all their faults. Never? I have been alive much longer than my kids, and sadly, despite trying hard, I am far from perfect. Recognizing this doesn't diminish my desire to be accepted. I need to be accepted. And so do our kids. When we accept someone, we love them with no conditions attached. And that kind of love is powerful. It changes people. It changes our kids and us because we all want to be worthy of such great love, don't we? We want to be the best people we can be. Spouses, parents, friends, children, siblings. I often hear this advice. Parents, make sure your kids know who's in charge. Don't let them get away with anything. Stand firm. Discipline your children well. Discipline has been defined as the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior using punishment to correct disobedience. But do we really need to force kids to adopt an accepted code of behavior? Do we need to withdraw our love and use punishments? Is there no other way? Or is it possible that kids will freely choose to do what is right if they experience unconditional love? Unconditional love. Is this a superpower? Can it change us? our kids, and the world. Yesterday, I wondered what other people online are saying about unconditional love, so I did some Googling and ended up on the AHA parenting website where I read an article called Five Secrets to Love Your Child Unconditionally. And here's a bit of it. Does your child know through her own experience that she's lovable exactly as she is? That she isn't expected to be perfect? That she is already more than enough? That her anger, disappointment, frustration and sadness are just part of being human and that she can count on you to help her learn to manage those feelings so she doesn't have to act on them? that she doesn't have to be or do anything in particular to earn our love. I thought, yes! But then another Google search entry caught my eye. Unconditional love, why it's bad. It's on the Psychology Today website. The article suggests there are times for both unconditional and conditional love when parenting our kids. Our kids shouldn't feel they must achieve well at school, etc., so we'll love them, but they'll need to know that their behaviour does affect how we show our love to them. And this is a small quote. Similarly, you should make your love conditional on whether your children behave like decent human beings Namely, they act on healthy values such as honesty, kindness, respect, and responsibility. If your children behave poorly, they know that you will withdraw your love, at least temporarily. If they behave well, they know that you will give your love. 
in time, your children will learn to internalize this healthy, conditional love, and it will guide them in acting in ethical ways. Perhaps the author of the article, who is an expert in his field, thinks that constant unconditional love results in bratty and immature children who are ill-equipped to face the world. After pondering his words for a while, I wonder if he is describing what we'd call unparenting. In my experience, unconditional love doesn't produce self-centered and out-of-control children. Is that because we're closely connected to our kids? We discuss things, we listen and care about each other. We're willing to put others ahead of ourselves. We share our failings, show empathy and help one another get back on our feet. We don't need to make each other feel bad when our behaviour isn't perfect by withdrawing our love. When we fail, we already feel bad, not because we feel unloved, but because we have let down the people who love us through thick and thin and would never abandon us when we need them the most. We want to put things right, do better, become the people God created us to be. Unconditional love is a superpower. It changes us. It changes our kids. It can change the world. I write these words with confidence. So I wonder what you think. Yes, because we're closely connected with our kids, uh, we don't need to withdraw our love, do we? Whenever I fail... I always feel so bad and yes, I want to put things right. And when one of my children reaches out her hand to grasp mine, when I'm at the bottom of a pit of misery, really berating myself and wondering how I am ever going to climb back up to the surface and make amends for what I've done or just to get on with life again. I feel, why would anybody want me for their mother or their, their wife or their friend? I'm, I'm just not worthy of all that love. I have failed. And then when one of my children reaches towards me and says, Mom, it's okay, and gives me a hug, Yes, I just, I'm just so grateful. I just want to get back on track and be the best person I can be. So yes, I don't believe that withdrawing love makes better people. I think it is loving people through thick and thin and connecting with them that makes the difference. As I said, unconditional love is a superpower. And I did some giggling to find out what other unschoolers are saying about unconditional love. And I've just got several links here that you might like to follow if you visit my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, and find this post 
Preventing Childhood Trauma with Unconditional Love, and there's going to be a link in the show notes to that, you can, yes, have a look at these things, these resources that I have found and which I am highlighting, yes, um, on my blog about unconditional love. What other unschoolers are saying about unconditional love? I've got two podcasts. There are part one and part two of a virtual kitchen table podcast, Kindness and Unconditional Love. What do they have to do with unschooling? And that's Erin Haley and Ashley's podcast. And those two episodes, I was honored to be asked to join um, the presenters and join in with that very, very stimulating conversation. So if you haven't already listened to those episodes, Kindness and Unconditional Love, what do they have to do with unschooling? I hope you will go and go and have a listen. And there's an article here from the Happiness Is Here website. I love you unconditionally. And from Sandra Dodd's website, there's an article called Healing. And as usual, that's probably made up of lots of different contributions from various unschoolers. Sandra Dodd's website is a treasure trove of unschooling thoughts and ideas and stories. Healing from Sandra Dodd. And then I have linked to The Power of Unconditional Love in Parenting, and that is a short video by Dr. Gabor Mate. And as I said, he talks and writes about childhood trauma and the need for unconditional love. So that's just one of his videos on my blog, but there are loads of them. I don't agree with everything that Gabor Mate says, but... A lot of it, yes, I do. Uh, He has such empathy and uh, such love for people. And I finished my blog post by saying that there are lots of unconditional love stories in my book, Radical Unschool Love. You might have guessed that from the title of the book. Oh, I've just added a short reel as well. It's very short, maybe 12 seconds. It is one that I posted on Instagram or a few months ago when I still had an account. And the message of it is, when in doubt, when you don't know what to do, choose love. Yes, I've written a blog post um, that is based on that idea. Yeah, sometimes we just do not know what to do. And I always think if there are various choices, choose the one that uh, is based on love. If there are any other choices that result in withdrawing love or whatever, that's not the way to go. And one more thought. I heard these words this morning. God loves you because you are you. Yes, God loves us unconditionally. So shouldn't we love our kids the same way? And that's just a quick thought there for my Christian 
unschooling friends. So, all my friends, that's all I've got for you today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you will share it with anyone you know that's interested in unschooling and parenting and unconditional love. So I did it, episode 200. Next time, episode 201. I'm on a roll, aren't I? Yes, I've recorded an episode every week for a while. I'm in danger of getting organized. So what can you do before the next episode? Well, please hop over to my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, and read for yourselves the stories that I read out today. And there's also that transcript that I didn't read, uh, the one based on the podcast. So the second thing you could do is go and listen or re-listen to that podcast, episode 70, Trust, Respect and Love Unconditionally. The third thing you can do is have a look at those resources, what other unschoolers are saying about unconditional love. And finally, please check out my books on Amazon, Curious Unschoolers, Radical Unschool Love, and The Unschool Challenge, especially for today's episode, I think it was Challenge 61, I think it was. Let me have a quick look. 61, examine your words, reread the story, and maybe you would like to do the challenge. So my friends, that's all for this week. And until next time, live a radical life of unconditional love.